You're listening to the Live, Love, Engage podcast. On today's show, we're talking about decluttering the physical, mental, and emotional clutter that keeps you stuck. Stay tuned. I am Gloria Grace Rand, founder of The Love Method and author of the number one Amazon bestseller, Live, Love, Engage, how to stop doubting yourself and start being yourself. In this podcast, we share practical advice from a spiritual perspective on how to live fully, love deeply, and engage authentically so you can create a life and business with more impact, influence, and income. Welcome to Live, Love, Engage. Namaste and welcome to a live edition of Live, Love, Engage. I am Gloria Grace Rand, and I want to welcome those of you who are watching on Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube, as well as welcome those of you who are listening to this, uh, you're listening on your favorite podcast platform. I'm so delighted to have you with us today because we're going to be talking about clutter and how to declutter with a fabulous woman who I am going to bring onto the show right now. And her name is Crystal Holmes. So welcome to Live, Love, Engage, Crystal. Thanks, Gloria. Well, let me ex- tell you all about her. So, um, well, some of about her and she can probably <laughs> tell you more, but uh, she is a feng shui designer and clutter expert who helps soul-driven leaders declutter and design a workspace that empowers them to create the life and business they want. And I love that idea. I have, I've studied feng shui a little bit. And since moving into a new apartment, I know um, it was so nice to be able to start fresh and not have too much clutter around because it it can be a problem. But before we get into all of that, I I always like to to start off and asking our guests to just share a little bit about what Maybe what interested you in feng shui and decluttering and how, how you got to be the expert that you are now? <laughs> well, I feel like it was sort of destiny. <laughs> like it was sort of always, always a thing. Even when I was a little girl, I, I loved doing interior design. Um, uh, it was, it was sort of just always a path of mine. I was, I was, I, I, I would, I would say I was introduced to like energy work even as a child too. So that was sort of something that was always on my radar. Um, when I went to school to, um, to become an interior designer, I was really introduced more formally to feng shui. Um, I had to write a paper for my psychology class on Mm -hmm. something related to my field of study. And so I chose to write a paper about the psychology of, you know, the, flow of energy in your space and basically about feng shui, um, which didn't really help me understand it at all <laughs> at the time, but it definitely intrigued me. Um, it intrigued me to the point that I really was felt like, you know, this makes sense to me, the, the flow of energy patterns in our space and how, how we relate to our space. It all made a whole lot of sense. So I really started just trying to like, apply it to my own life more than anything. Um, I'd always sort of had a vision of be of owning my own business. Um, but you know, wasn't really 
having the success in life that, that I wanted to have for myself. Um, and so feng shui sort of seemed like the answer to that. If I could just figure it out. Um, and I tried applying it for a few years and, uh, <laughs> I was working in my career as an interior designer and, uh, <laughs> my boss pulled our entire di design team together for over a project that had been submitted to the client and rejected because the feng shui was all wrong. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's surprising. It's like, gee, you think you guys are the experts. So what? Well, what it, <laughs> it was an interior design firm. Nobody there knew feng shui. Oh. Um, and these were international clients from China. So oh. feng shui was was more commonplace there and and they they knew about it they not only knew about it they knew they they knew when it was obvious um i didn't know how much they knew <laughs> but when my boss pulled the team together and was like can anybody help does anybody know anything about feng shui i was literally the only person to sort of raise my hand and volunteer and say i know feng shui i can help um and she handed me this multi-million dollar project and said, okay, fix it. <laughs> my first week on the job, I was sort oh of like, gosh. Um, 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 okay, well, let's, let's see what I really know and what I don't. And, you know, the terror of how much, what don't I know? What do they know that I don't know? Like mm. imposter syndrome or whatever we're going to call it. Right. Yeah. Um, but I really fell in love with this process of, of not just making it aesthetically pleasing, you know, not just making right. it what they want it to look like and yeah. sort of pulling the vision together, but also energetically getting them into alignment with the space so mm -hmm. that it's truly a, a symbiotic relationship, which is what your relationship with your home is or should be. Um, it's a symbiotic relationship, whether that lifts you up or sucks you back down is all relates to how we live in the space. And so I really fell in love with it there. And I was like, okay, I have to really study this. Like, I don't know what I don't know. And so I went back to school. <laughs> um, I found a college that taught traditional Chinese feng shui. And I went back to school and, and pretty much learned, I mean, to become a feng shui master, right? I learned all about feng shui and and then I started taking on clients because it's more than just book learning. I really needed to understand the implementation of it and, and the, and, and how it works in like in real time. <laughs> like, how does it really, really work? Not just like the facts and the figures of, of, of the calculations and the numerics of how to do it. Um, and so I started taking on all these clients um, and, and really trying to, I was, I was on my own healing journey myself then. And so I was in a, um, in a coaching program working with a woman to, to help me with my love life, to be honest. Um, I was trying to kind of heal my relationship with men um, mm -hmm. and, and to find love <laughs> again in my life, really. And yeah. so I was in this like year long coaching program with 50 other women. And I was like, you know what? I can help them like feng shui their place and, and, and help mm -hmm. them create room for love in their life. Right. And so I'd sort of 
based this idea on, I want to start a company that this is what's going to help women with this. Um, and, and so I started to help all of the other women that were in the group with me. We started doing the feng shui of their place and every one of them inevitably got stuck with decluttering. They couldn't, they mm. could not let go of the clutter. And so I found myself rather than doing any feng shui or any interior design, all of my work with these women was around talking about their clutter and coaching them around basically what it is, right? It's a mirror. It's a mirror for everything that we think and everything that we believe and everything that keeps us stuck right where we are, right? For for them, it was stuck in the past of old loves and old relationships, um, whether they were divorced or widowed or had been an abusive like me, I grew up in a very abusive household. So I had not only an abusive childhood, but then I perpetuated that with multiple abusive relationships yeah. because that was all I knew about love was that mm-hmm. love is abusive. Um, and, and so I was sort of like coaching these women around their clutter and around what it meant. And it was really taking me all the way back into this psychology where I started with feng shui. That was when I really kind of came full circle back to the psychology of it because um, in feng shui, it teaches all about the relationship with your home and, and how it's a, a reflection and a mirror, you know, for, for, for our yourself, right? It's, it's right. this symbiotic relationship, but we don't talk about clutter beyond it stagnates the energy and it's bad. Mm-hmm. But when I started really actually working with these women and really digging into the clutter I'd never had a problem decluttering. Like that was not for me. I, I, so it was easy for me to coach them through and almost very instinctive. And then I was like, well, this is fascinating for me. So it would like take me to research, like Mm -hmm. trying to find out solutions to, you know, to talk about these things. So I really started digging into, like I say, the psychology of it and, and more about the clutter. And I became this sort of, on the job expert of, of talking about clutter. And a few years into it, I decided, you know, my business is not really taking off <laughs> all that well. Um, and I hired a coach to, to sort of help teach me the business side of, of turning my expertise into, into, a, into a business, right? A marketable business. And um, <laughs> she was the one that invited me to like start creating all this content, you know, to put it out there for people. And I was like, well, that just, I, I wanted to create something useful, right. And not just talk on the camera about nothing for 30 days to get over <laughs> my fear of cameras. You know, I wanted to make something useful. And I started making this, like, um, it was a 30 day challenge that I created to declutter, um, for spring cleaning. Hmm. And as I was doing these little videos every single day, I was like decluttering my own home and coaching, but it was like coaching myself mm-hmm. in this process, like in the way that I had always done with clients, but I was using myself as the example for these videos to teach. And right. all of a sudden I was in the hot seat or the <laughs> client seat. And it was like, Oh wow. I have clutter that I didn't ever realize that I had. And I started really digging into it and it really helped me to even develop my own framework, my own method around clutter and decluttering and how I work with clients and how I take them through this whole process of, you know, not just creating a space, but really creating a space that is 
fully energetically in alignment with them, with their vision. Um, that's why I call it making a 3D vision board, because it really creates room for you to become the person that you have to be to have the life that you want. Um, mm -hmm. But it all starts in the clutter. Yeah. Now, when you say that you discovered that you had clutter, I mean, are you talking that it was physical clutter or is it more of a mental clutter that you were dealing with? It's both. It it's was? both. Okay. Physical clutter is a reflection of our mental and emotional clutter. And it was something that I knew, like intellectually, I'd read about okay. it and I can teach <laughs> about it, but it wasn't like a, you know, it, it was something I'd not experienced personally. I'd never mm -hmm. been stuck in clutter. I'd mm -hmm. always been easily able to declutter without a problem. But um, at right about the same time I hired, well, shortly before I had hired this coach, actually, I was still, my business was still part-time, right? Mm -hmm. I was still making that transition from, you know, taking on clients to a full-time business, which is why I hired the coach in the first place. Right. But at that same time, you know, I was working full-time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a full-time job and my business was part-time on the side. And um, I had a, had an injury at work, uh, a pretty mm -hmm. serious injury. Um, actually that led to like a three year workman's comp battle before I could get surgery. Um, and during all of that time, like my body deteriorated, I was on bed rest. I couldn't walk. Um, I, I couldn't really get medical treatment because of the insurance people and all of that stuff that went on. And so during all that time, um, I couldn't clean my house. I literally couldn't physically declutter my house. But also, it was a big battle for me emotionally and mentally around my self-worth because I was literally being rejected for medical care from, from people that are unqualified, just like the situation we're in right now where we got lawyers telling women they can't have abortions when their doctor is saying, yeah, but she might die. Right? We've got completely unqualified people. This is the case of insurance, right? Yeah. You've got these insurance people who are not doctors telling right. me I can't go to the doctor because I don't really need it. They don't even know what I had done yet. It took them a year and a half to diagnose the fact that I had an injury. Oh they sent God. me to five, quote unquote, independent medical examiners that the <laughs> insurance company selected and paid and told them what to say um, so that they would tell them that I didn't have an injury. Yeah. I literally had one doctor say there was nothing wrong with me except for I was old, fat, and lazy, and angry that they changed my paycheck 11 months after my injury. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So they would just deny all of my doctor's appointments. Like, they wouldn't let me go to a specialist. They wouldn't let me see anybody that could actually, right, determine what I had done wrong. So it took like a year and a half. Um, and in that time, I my house, everything, and my life kind of fell apart. But it brought yeah. up all of this stuff about self-worth because like I mentioned, I grew up in a very abusive home. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was told a lot how worthless I was, how unlovable I was, what a horrible piece of garbage I was, um, and how not good enough I was. And so as, as I was facing all of this with these insurance people, all of those same feelings were like coming up. Right. And so as I was kind of trying to stuff them down, right? And I'm talking about this clutter. Yeah, all of it was just sort of coming up at the same time. And it was just this like light bulb moment of, oh, I get it. <laughs> like, I get it now, 100% get it. And, um, and it totally changed the way I 
um, I work with clients. I actually completely shifted my business model around it um, and developed a whole framework for how I, how I work with clients to help them create a space where they are empowered to change the world because mm. that's what we're here for. Yeah, definitely. So why is it really important for people to be able to declutter and, and, and really to be able to create a space? What, what would you say? Or, or now, you know what? We've actually, we've really covered that already. I would say if someone is facing a challenge, maybe they're feeling like they're stuck right now. What would you say to them to, to look at? What would be like the first thing that they should look at? Especially coming from your point of view. You really have to look at your clutter. Um, I, I personally have a five-step method for decluttering. Um, it's where I start with each and every one of my clients, but it's a different way of looking at your clutter. We can't, we can't focus on the, most of, most people, right, that are in this space around decluttering and that's their expertise. They want to focus on the, what you're getting, like what you're keeping and, you know, get rid of all the rest. I actually, want to listen to what the clutter is telling me about why I'm stuck right here. Um, and so you really have to start there. That's interesting. So what, what would clutter be telling you? So what, what, what does it tell like some of your clients? What have you found? Are there some similarities and things? Um, yeah, mostly it all, I, I tend to find that it tends to fall into three categories. Um, either scarcity, worthiness, or obligation. Mm. Um, and those are, those are the three most common types of clutter that I find that people have. And while the stories will be different, um, the, you know, the, the mental and emotional part will be different and the physical will also be different. The relationship is always the same. Mm. And so that, Physical clutter is always the reflection of the mental and emotional clutter. And so when they go through this method that I've developed for decluttering, it really helps them to, to, what is the word that I want? To understand that relationship, to, to, I don't want to say create it, but to have an acknowledgement of it, to, to have a realization of it. And, um, and then to, um, develop it, right. In, or strengthen it, right. In the same way that you would, um, you know, train as an athlete, um, you want to train this muscle too, um, because it's very important, right. As humans, we're either in a state of growth or we're in a state of stagnation, which is dying. And so, you're either growing or you're staying the same, right? You're static in stasis. Um, but stasis is a state of death. Um, so because we're always in this state of growth, we're always going to be, it's sort of like a perpetual state of motion, but we're always going to be creating new clutter. We're always, because we're always changing. Therefore, mm -hmm. things that are not cluttered today can become clutter tomorrow. Um, people are, are also hardwired to to buy and acquire things it's just in our human nature and so therefore because we are constantly in this state of of acquiring new right. we sort of have to let go of the old 
because it's no longer in alignment with who we are. Um, and so that's where it becomes clutter. There's a stage, right? There's, it's, it's never, well, I shouldn't say it's never clutter to begin with because some of it is clutter to begin with. Some of it is clutter from the moment it's purchased, but it's purchased as a result of the beliefs that we have. Mm. And so we settle for things that are clutter instead of things, buying things that we truly love. Um, mm -hmm. you know, for whatever reason, like maybe we can't afford what we really love. So we settle for something less or maybe we can afford it, but we don't think we're worth it. Right. We can't justify gotcha. it. So therefore, yeah. and so some things are clutter from the beginning and then sometimes they just become clutter as we evolve. Mm -hmm. And so it's always a process of, of decluttering. Um, but if you don't know how to declutter, you're just, it's like running on a treadmill, right? You're never going to get anywhere. Right. You might be getting exercise, but you're not actually seeing any scenery. You're not actually getting from point A to point B. You're just running in place. And decluttering is kind of the same. If you don't learn to listen to your clutter, you're just running in place, continually throwing stuff out, but you're not actually using it as a tool to help you grow and to help you mm -hmm. see this is where I'm stuck right now and this is where I need to go next to become mm -hmm. the next best version of myself, right? To let go of my baggage and move forward into a healthier version of me. Wow. Well, and, and I think you just answered the, the question I was going to ask you was, was like, how could someone, you know, attempt to declutter, get it wrong? And, and it seems like you, you've kind of answered that, but, but what do you think? Maybe, maybe you even want to expand on that a little bit. Well, there's five steps to decluttering. That, that, that I have discovered in, you know, 20 plus years of working with clients, there are five steps to decluttering. Most people start with step one and go straight to step five. And that's where they get it wrong. Um, because, because we've really been taught and we worship this idea of fake it till you make it. And so we pretend that everything is different than what it is in reality. And the fact is, the fact is, you have to face it till you make it, um, and that's where the clutter is. That is where that becomes the solution of facing what's keeping you small, so that you can play a bigger game. Mm. Ooh, huh? That was really good, and I, and I I love that you've reframed it to face it until you make it instead of faking it. Because you're right. That that's a lot of people will say, oh yeah, just just you know, fake it till you make it. You'll you'll be okay, but but you're right to really, all you're going to wind up doing is just sweeping stuff under the carpet. And right. Just... And a lot of us are taught that as kids, um, because I think a lot of us, a lot of us have a, have more abusive childhoods than what we know or mm -hmm. are even aware of. Like yeah. a lot of us are not even taught like, oh, wait a minute. Some people think they had this wonderful childhood only to realize that, yeah, no, there's a lot of abusive patterns that have been generationally passed down right. that are not healthy, that are creating these adult responses from the trauma of the childhood. And so being able to, to heal that and, and move forward from that. Um, yeah, that's a game changer. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, and I want to ask you, well, actually I'm going to ask you two questions. So the first one is what, what do you love most about the work that you do? Um, watching the evolution, hmm. watching the evolution of women who come to me 
feeling cluttered and unsure that they will ever be heard, that they will ever make a difference, that they will ever matter, um, or that the work that they do will ever matter and make a difference. Um, and then doing this work with them for, because when I work with them one-on-one, we work together for three months on the clutter, not just the Mm -hmm. physical clutter, but the mental and the emotional clutter too. And watching them at the end of that three months, walk out the door, like powerhouses, just ready to tear down the patriarchy and rewrite the world in a way that is equitable and, you know, good. Mm -hmm. I like that. So what are you curious about right now? Oh, goodness. Um, What am I curious about? Uh, just anything like, (laughs) (laughs) um, I am, I am curious about writing. Mm. Actually, I had, um, I, I'm wanting to learn how to use the medium of writing better. Um, and being more articulate in in expressing my message through the written word. Well, awesome. Well, that's good. And I'm sure you will figure it out because you you are you are a student. <laughs> you know, you you've you've already demonstrated that that you know you love to be able to learn new things because you you wanted to know about feng shui and you learned about it. And I do love. I, I meant to talk about this earlier, but I, I, and I do think this is something that the universe is a great gift for us, that, that you came full circle. And, you know, when you said that you came back to like the psychology of it, because I think it's interesting that we get led down these paths and then it's like the stuff at the beginning, we may think we don't need, and then yet it comes back. So I keep coming full circle. I keep yeah. coming full circle. One of my biggest traumas from childhood, I wrote my first book when I was 11 Um, and it was a book about being molested and, um, my mother found it and, um, shamed me for writing it. Um, because she knew that her husband was a pedophile. She knew before she married him because I told her and she married Mm -hmm. him anyway. And so she was very angry at me for writing this book and, um, Mm -hmm. and outing him. And, and so she tried to, you know, blame it on my father and say he was the, the child molester and he, she tried to, she shamed me for writing this book and how dare I write such vulgarity. Um, my mother is a, um, a, a Christian nationalist. We'll, we'll just call it what it is. My family are, are, are white supremacist Christian nationalists. Um, yeah. that is the family I grew up in. And, um, uh, so they shamed me for writing that book. And I have had a hard time writing ever since. Um, but it's been a thing, right. Since I started this company of, you have to write, you have to be able to write. And, um, and so that's, I feel like that's my last big hurdle. I'm probably wrong, but you know, I've faced a whole (laughs) lot of things that have had to be healed. Right. Um, starting with, you know, healing my relationship with women and then my relationship with men and then my relationship with myself. And then, you know, now it's some of these other things around, you know, my relationship with, 
with being able to write and express myself that yeah. way and reach people that way. I want to write a book. Um, and I, oh, another book. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so that's, that's important. To me. All right. Well, awesome. Well, I wish you luck with that. And I'm sure that you will be able to do that. Um, because you're a formidable woman. I know <laughs> that you, when you set your mind to something, I can tell you get it done. And so that's, that's good. Now, if someone has been listening to this and really would, is realizing that, yeah, I think I need some help with decluttering, <laughs> how, what's, uh, what's the best place for them to get some help from you? Well, I, I mentioned it earlier that I have my own proprietary decluttering method. And, um, I, I would like to give that to your audience. Um, they can they can download it for free at declutteryourmindset.com. And um, I'll send them a few emails and explain it to them and and you know kind of talk about it a little bit more because it's it's a different kind of method. It's it's a different system than what they're probably have ever heard before. But um, that'll get them in touch with me and they're welcome to hit reply to any email I send and and have a conversation with me. Oh, awesome. Well, that's great. And I will be sure and put that in the show notes and, as well. And uh, that's, that's a wonderful thing. So thank you so much for being with us today and, and sharing your wisdom about decluttering. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me, Gloria. And I want to thank all of you who are watching. And I know we had a few people watching on Facebook today and commenting. So I can't seem to comment back to them on, on the <laughs> So I apologize, but I'm not oh. ignoring you. I swear. Is there comments? Do, do Is there questions that we need to respond um, to? No, it was just, just, a, just a hi and a thank you. So, oh, so that was hi. good. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so I do appreciate all of you. Yeah. Um, yes. And Deb says great info. So. Thanks, Deb. Awesome. <laughs> so again, I want to thank you for being here. Thank all of you for watching and for also listening to the replay of this. I appreciate you. And as always, before we go, I encourage you to go out today and every day and live fully, love deeply, and engage authentically. Did you know that a majority of entrepreneurs tend to discount the importance of their work? And a good number feel their success is simply due to luck. I know from personal experience that self-doubt can keep you from having the kind of life and business you desire. That's why I've created a free guide called Uniquely You, how to move from self-doubt to self-love in four simple steps. To claim your free guide, go to liveloveengage.gift. That's liveloveengage.gift.